And thank you all. I've been telling the whole family they need to make a CD or something. They're going to be traveling the road before we know it. And that's always a blessing. They, they, uh, it takes a lot of time to come in here, set up, and, and get ready, all the preparation that goes into to doing that. So thank you all for that. That's always a blessing. It's good to, good to always hear that. Today we're going to be in Joshua chapter 14, if you can go ahead and turn over there. And I'm going to make you all a deal. If you will pay attention to me, I'm not a long speaker, I'll get done quick. And I'll send you home once I make my point. So you guys can get home early today if you keep that deal. You got to pay attention and at least act like you're paying attention. Make me, make me feel good at least. So um, this morning I got a phone call and I heard my dad was sick and, and they, uh, they told me he's not going to be able to make it to church today. Um, do you have, could you get ready? And I was thinking, man, what, what could I preach about? I, I'm not a preacher, but I'll do my best. And, and uh, I just asked God to show me what he could, what he could uh, speak through me today. And I looked over on, excuse me, I looked over on, our, on my bedside table, and I, I saw a rock that was sitting there. And I started remembering why I had that rock on on my bedside table, and this rock is a special rock here to me because it reminds me of something that happened in my life that, that I'll never forget. And I saved that rock just as a reminder, and I have it sitting on my bedside table. And I started thinking about that rock, and God kind of used that rock to, to give us a message here this morning. Um, and a, just, a, just a quick story, we were, Eileen and myself, we were out in El Paso with the military, and and uh, we got a day off, and so we decided we would take a hike up to the Franklin Mountains. We'd heard that there was a cave out there someplace, and so we, we got up early one morning. We decided, hey, let's, let's make a day out of this thing. Let's walk up to the, to the cave, and we'll have our lunch at the cave. So I, I packed a, uh, my pack, and, and, and I filled this with a blanket today so it looked full. It's not, it's not full of stuff, but I packed... I just wanted to look good here this morning, <laughs> but I, 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 packed my, I packed my pack, we got a lunch together, got some water, and we start hiking up to this hill, or to this cave, and man, it was, it was a long, long hike, and we were, we were going along, and we were getting, getting closer and closer, but man, the longer we went, I was just getting worn out, and I, it wasn't like me to to get worn out like that, and I just couldn't figure out what was going on. I was losing stamina, and Eileen was doing great. She was just keeping up with me, and I didn't want to look wimpy, so I just kept on, <laughs> I just kept on going along, and we, we uh, I just kept on going, and we finally, we made it up to the cave. It seemed like hours and hours of hiking, and I dropped my pack to to go ahead and unpack the lunch and to cool off and, and take a refresher, and something happened when I dropped my pack that I'll never forget, and that's why I'm telling you this story. When I took my pack down and I opened it up, it was full of rocks. And I realized that Eileen was behind me sticking rocks in my pack as we're hiking up the hill. And I saved one of the small ones as a reminder. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about Give Me That Mountain. And that story reminds me so often of things that weigh us down in life. 
there's so many things that get in our life that keep us from fulfilling our purpose and our plan that God has called us to. So if you'll turn over to Joshua chapter 14, we're going to do a lot of reading this morning. Let's all stand for the reading of God's word if you're able to. Joshua chapter 14, and we're going to start in verse number 5. We're going to read 5 through 14, and then here later on, we're going to read a whole chapter. So if you'll bear with me, and just try to do your best to pay attention. I know God has something for us here today. Joshua chapter 14, verse number 5, it says, As the Lord commanded... You know what? Let's all read this together in unison. I think it'll help us pay attention here. Chapter 14, verse number 5, As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did... And they divided the land. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephnah, the kin- said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me. In- in- Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again, as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, as yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and the cities were great and fenced it. If so, be the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephnah, Hebron, for an inheritance. Hebron therefore, and the Kenzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord, God of Israel. And that, we'll stop right there. Let's go ahead and pray, and let's ask God to meet with us here this morning. Lord God, we come to you, and we thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house today. Lord, we know that for some reason you, pastor's not here with us today, but God, we pray that in a special way you would meet with us, and God, that you would speak, and that you would speak through me and help me to say exactly what you have. And Lord, we ask that you would meet with us, God, and we give this time to you. We thank you for it. And God, uh, you're so gracious. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> thank you for this water, Joe. So here we see Caleb, he's 85 years old at this time. If we look back, and we're going to read back earlier in his life when he was 40 years old, and God uh, told the children of Israel to go take the promised land, the land of Canaan. But I like Caleb here. He's 85 years old, and he's still a fighter. And he still, he said, man, I'm 85 years old, and I feel like I'm just as strong as whenever I was 40 years old. I'm ready to go to war. I'm ready to take that mountain. And he saw that God had promised an inheritance to him. And he was, he was ready to take that mountain back 40 years, 45 years earlier. That wasn't allowed. But even at 85 years old, Caleb is here fighting and saying, you know what? I'm ready. 
God, I want that mountain. And he went to Joshua and said, Joshua, I want that mountain. Now let's turn back. We're going to do a lot of reading back in Numbers. Numbers chapter 13, if you'll go with me. And we're going to read this whole chapter. I'll read it out. And if you can just follow along, I know for me, if you're anything like me, I can read through an entire chapter, and then I'll think back, and I'll be like, wait, what did I just read? So if you'll purpose in your heart, just follow along. It's a lot of reading, but follow along, because I know there's something that we can get out of this if we'll really pay attention. In Numbers chapter 13, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, and all those men were heads of the children of Israel. And these were their names, or were the names of the tribes of Reuben, Shamua, the son of Zachur, of the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, the son of Hori, of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of the tribe of Issachar, Egal, the son of Joseph, of the tribe of Ephraim, Oshia, the son of Nun, of the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Raphu, of the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, the son of Sadi, of the tribe of Joseph, namely, of the tribe of Manasseh, Gidi, the son of Susi, of the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gemali, of the tribe of Asher, Sether, the son of Mishael, of the tribe of Naphtali, Nahabai, the son of Vaphasai, of the tribe of Gad, Gul, the son of Machi. I'm going to take a time out because that's a lot of names and I need a drink. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to take a bathroom break now. <laughs> Let's go back in to verse number 16. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshia, the son of Nun, Joshua, Jehoshua. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be in that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what, the land, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood, wood therein or not, and be, ye of your, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the fruit, uh, first, first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin and unto Rehoab, as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahitman, Seshai, and Telemai, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eskel and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two, and they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought up of the pomegranates of the, of the figs. The place was called the Brook of Eskel because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching, out, searching of the land after forty days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and, to, and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land." 
And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the first of, of, it, of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome. I'm going to read that again. Think about that verse. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are, are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that, hath, that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there, were, there we saw the giants and the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we. In theirs. And I'm going to read verse uh, 1 and 2 of chapter 14. It says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore, well, we'll stop right there. I want to kind of recap what we just read here. So the children of Israel... God promised them, hey, I have a promised land for you. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a good land. And so Moses gathered together 12 spies to go in and kind of do reconnaissance in the land of Canaan, you could say. So they, they go into the land. They search out the land. And they found, it says here in the Bible, they cut down a cluster of grapes that was so big that they had to hang it on a pole and two guys had to carry it back. I can't even imagine. When I read that, it made me think of my dad. He grows, <clears throat> he loves growing a garden. And the other day I walked into their house. He had a cantaloupe that was like literally that big around. He, he made me guess how much it weighed and, and it ended up weighing over 15 pounds. One, one cantaloupe, it was like bigger than a basketball. I think some of you might have seen it. And he was telling me about a watermelon he has that's a huge, humongous watermelon. And I'm hoping he's going to, he'll bring it here to the church, maybe have a watermelon bust or something here at the church. But, but that cluster of grapes, so big that they had to carry it back between uh, two guys on a pole, a land flowing with milk and honey. And Caleb saw that, and he saw, hey, God's promised us this land God is able to deliver this land into our hands. If God's promised us, like, can't he conquer the land for us? And so they come back, and everybody, all the other spies, they start complaining. And Caleb says, no, come on, guys. We can go into this land. I like this guy. I like Caleb. He just, he's a just-do-it kind of guy. He just, let's go get it done. And Caleb, he, he says, no, we can do this. We can do this. God is able to deliver but because the people you saw here in the last part that we read, the people started murmuring and complaining, and God said, you know what, that's enough. Because of that, you're going to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. I'm not going to give that land to you for 40 years. 
But you know something I see here? That decision, Caleb was like, he was ready to go. That decision, Caleb, it affected Caleb. And, and God, God said, you know what? I'm going to only let Caleb go. And because he had the faith, he trusted me, I'm going to let him go into the promised land. But he's going to be the only one here that sees that. Moses didn't even get to see the promised land. But Caleb believed God. And he saw that mountain. And he was willing to take that mountain. And he trusted God. And God brought him into the promised land. I want to look at a few things in Caleb's life that I see whenever I read through this that I think that if we would apply to our life, God could use in a special way in our life. Number one, Caleb was determined. And I think we can see that very clearly when we look through and we read this. Caleb, he went to the people, and it says here in verse number 30 of Numbers chapter 13, it says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, No, let us go up at once and possess it, for we, are, we're, for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb was determined. Do you have determination? Do we have that determination, that God-given determination? Because we know that God has something for our life. God has a plan for us. Do we have that God-given determination that we're willing to take a stand? We're willing to do this because we believe God can. Caleb was determined. Caleb, number two, Caleb believed God. Caleb wasn't just determined Part of his determination came because he actually believed God. And I think that's something that is, I know I can look in my life, and it's easy to talk the talk. And it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I believe God. I believe him. But whenever it actually comes down to believing God, do we really believe God? Do we really believe that he's able? And I don't know, I don't know what anybody is going through here. I don't know what's in your life. I don't know where you are in your life, but do you believe God that he's able, that he's willing to give you that mountain that's in your life? Do we believe God? Number three, Caleb trusted God. Caleb didn't just believe God, but he actually trusted God. He trusted that God could make a way even though he couldn't see the way. Caleb, I like him because he's, he's here, he's an old man, 85 years old, and he's still kicking. And he's still, he's still ready. He's still just as ready to go after that mountain as he was 45 years earlier. Why? Because he didn't only believe God, but he trusted God. He trusted that because God gave his word that he would fulfill what he told him. Caleb trusted God. Number four, Caleb was faithful. We can see in Caleb's life, he had to go through the wilderness for 40 years, just wandering in the wilderness, for 40 years. And that decision, if you kind of think about it, it wasn't Caleb's fault that they had to wander around in the wilderness for that length of time. It wasn't because of a choice that he made. It was kind of because of the rest of the people. But Caleb was still faithful. Even 40 years later, he was willing to go and take that mountain. And sometimes, God may bring people through trials in their life that it's not their fault. It may not be your fault for the trials you're going through. But God may be testing you. God may be taking you through those trials for a purpose, to test you and to try you and to see if you're going to remain faithful to what he has. Caleb was faithful. Number five, Caleb was rewarded. Caleb received the inheritance. And it took a while, 45 years later. We, let's go back over to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 14, our text here. 
We're going to look here in verse number 10. It says, And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Hebron, for an inheritance. Some of these names in here, it gets me all mixed up. I'm sure glad I saw a name in there is uh, Sushi, and I'm sure glad that that's not my name. But, and if it is anybody's name, I'm sorry, don't mean to offend you. But, but here we see that Caleb, man, he was rewarded. After 45 years, God rewarded him because he just stuck with it. He was faithful. He was faithful. Even though he didn't understand what was going on, he didn't know, he didn't know why, why he had to go through the wilderness. It wasn't because of him. It wasn't his fault. And yet he still had to suffer through that time. But he stayed faithful. I think of the job fair we have going on tonight. And the, our church, it's, it's our responsibility. This church is your church. It's all of our church. Amen. And it's our responsibility to be involved and just to be faithful, to be faithful to what we know is right to do. And God will reward that if we'll stay faithful to the cause, faithful to the cause of Christ. God will reward that. Tonight, it's going to be a great opportunity to be able to go around and, and see the different ministries and see the, we get, a, get to talk to different people involved in those ministries and see how that ministry has been a blessing to them. We get to get details on different ministries and, and learn more. And we get an opportunity to sign up. And that's a good way to show our faithfulness Amen. to the Lord. So that's just an advertisement for that. Make sure to come out for that. That's so important. We all need to be involved. We all need to be faithful to the cause of Christ. Here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give our takeaway. Here's, here's really what our message is about. It's what mountain is in your life that you need to conquer? See, I don't know you and I can't see hearts. I know me and I know areas that I need to work on in my life. But what's in your life? What's in your life that you need to conquer? Just think about that for a moment. And then what are you going to do about it? How are you going to conquer that? You're not going to conquer it in your own strength, but through Jesus Christ, you can conquer that. See, I think a lot of times it's easy for us to even come down here to the altar. We have something that God's convicting us about, and maybe it's a sin. Maybe, uh, there, maybe it's a sin of, uh, think of unbelief, like the children of Israel. They had the sin of unbelief. Maybe it's a sin of pride. And that's something we struggle with. Most sins, if you actually think about it, come back to pride. Maybe it's a sin of unforgiveness. Maybe you're struggling just holding a grudge or can't forgive something or someone. 
Maybe it's a sin of lust. I don't know what your sin is or what you struggle with, but maybe it's a sin of lust. Or maybe it's a sin of disobedience. Not being willing to, to follow what you know God's put on your heart to do. And we come, we get convicted about it, and it's easy. And I'm speaking, uh, I'm speaking from the heart, and what happens to me sometimes is I'll come and I'll get right and I'll take that on the altar, and then I get back up and I take it right back with me. And I don't actually leave it to God, and I don't let him take it. I still kind of hold on to that. What is the mountain that you need to conquer in your life? And what's keeping you from conquering that mountain? And all I can say is you've got to bring it to Jesus. And you've got to leave it at the cross. That's the only way we're going to have freedom. That's the only way we're going to have deliverance. God has a plan and he has a purpose. And wouldn't it be a shame for us to not accomplish that purpose in life because we were too scared or because we held that mountain that we weren't willing to let go of? What's keeping you from going all in for Jesus? What's keeping you from serving Christ with your whole life? You know, we could go on and on about that, but I feel like that's something that each one of us have to kind of come to and grasp, and, and each one of us have areas where we struggle. Each one of us have areas that, that we need to give to God and let him conquer that mountain for us. <clears throat> Will you be like Caleb? Will you be a fighter and just hit that head on? Let's do it. We can do it. Number two, are you willing to serve Jesus even if it means going through difficulty? Here we see that Caleb had to go through difficulty and it wasn't his fault. Maybe, maybe the Lord was testing Caleb to see if he would stay faithful even for 45 years. But Caleb had to go through difficulty. Maybe God has you go through difficulty. I think everybody does. Everybody has difficulties that they go through. But maybe God's putting difficulty in your life to test you and to see if you're willing to stick through it. I was thinking this morning as I was preparing, I was thinking about a, a old, he was an old preacher. I used to listen to him some on, he still hears messages on YouTube and stuff still. And uh, his name is J. Harold Smith. He was, he was an old preacher. In fact, I believe that my mom went to a Christian school when she was growing up, and J. Harold Smith was the pastor of that church whenever my mom was there, I believe, if that's correct. But I heard a story once of J. Harold Smith, and he was, a, he was what you'd call a, probably a famous preacher in his day, and he seemed to have a, an ability to gather crowds, and, and people would kind of flock to hear him preach. He spoke to millions of people, and, and I, thousands of people were saved under his ministry. But I heard a story back before kind of his ministry really started. He was a pastor. He just kind of started off. And he, he uh, one day, he, well, his, he had a few kids. He had a son. And one day his son was playing around with some other friends in, a, in his garage. And they had some gas. And you know how boys are. They like playing with gasoline and matches and things like that. And... They got some gasoline out. Evidently, it started splashing around, and, and they got 
some matches out too. I don't know exactly what happened, but through it all, they ended up, there was an explosion and they, they, J. Harold Smith's son was like, got like totally burnt and he was in really rough shape. They rushed him to the hospital. The J. Harold Smith's wife rushed him to the hospital. She called him and said, hey, you better get over here quick because I don't know if our son's going to make it. And he got to the hospital. And as he was driving through to the hospital, the story that I heard, and I, and I hope I'm getting all the details right, but as he was driving to the hospital, it was like God put on his heart, J. Harold, are you willing to follow me even if it hurts? Are you willing to follow me even if it hurts? And he's like, God, yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll follow you. And he got to the hospital and realized the severity of the situation. His son was totally, totally out. His, he wasn't quite dead yet, but his son was just totally burnt to pieces. And God put on his heart again. He said, are you willing to follow me even if it hurts? And J. Harold was like, God, I, this is hard. And it was like he knew that when he said yes, that God was going to take his son. And he held on for a, for a while, and God kept impressing him. Are you willing to follow me even if it hurts? And J. Harold said, yes, God, I'll follow you, even if it hurts. Well, his son died, and they buried him. He had the funeral. And it was like from that moment on, God put his power on J. Harold Smith's life. And I don't know if any of you have ever heard the, the message, um, God's Three Deadlines. You can listen to it. It's, it's on YouTube. It's an old, old recording. But God used that message to touch thousands and thousands of lives. Thousands of people were saved through that. And God had to hurt J. Harold a little bit to get his attention, maybe to test him. We may never know. But God used that in his life. When J. Harold completely surrendered, God used that in his life to draw him to him, and he put his power on his life. And what I would say and encourage us, we don't know what God has for our lives. We don't know why trials may come into our life. We may never know. But will you use those trials to draw you closer to him? And God wants to use those so he can use us in a special way. He may just be testing us. But will we be like Caleb and rise to the occasion? And even when things don't go the way we think they should go, just follow him. Surrender to him. Complete surrender. Complete obedience. That's what God's looking for. Can you say like Caleb, God, give me that mountain. Give me that mountain. And even when you're trucking along and it just seems like you're not getting anywhere, maybe it seems like you're just spinning your wheels and maybe your wife is stuffing rocks in your backpack as you're trying to climb the hill. Hey, God still has a plan for your life. And he's not done with you. If we just keep following him, and we'll just keep trucking along, God can take us to that next level. That's what God wants to do for each one of us. I'm a nobody. <laughs> I'm a stinking sinner. But God has a plan for me, and he has a plan for you. 
And he wants to do impossible things through our lives if we just let him. So I want to encourage us this morning. Just lay that burden at the cross and let him take it. He wants, just take, let him take that mountain. Let him take that burden. Give me that mountain. And that's what Caleb's heart was. I believe that that's what God has for us this morning. And I hope that, that we can, each one of us, look into our hearts and just lay that burden at the cross and let God take it and move forward. Move forward. We may have a past. I don't know what anybody has here. But you can all have a future. Every one of us can have a future. We just got to leave that past. Let God take it and let's move forward for Christ. I know God has important things, big things, impossible things for this church ahead. But it's going to start with us laying that burden at the cross and moving forward. Let's all bow our heads and pray.